0: It's awesome to be here at Rebel Mouse offices down in Soho with uh, VP of Product Megan Berry. She previously led Community at Clout, a Stanford graduate, New York City foodie, awesome guest for us to have on our first episode of Employees Only.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I think cool place to start was just to learn a little bit more about Rebel Mouse, what you guys do, how it started, um, kind of where you're at now.
1: Yeah, so um, Romo started about four years ago. We are a, a platform for social, viral, and distributed content. Basically what that means is we're essentially the platform to post content, if it was built today, as opposed to a lot of the things out there like Wordpress and some others um, that were started many years ago in a world before social and before how we communicate now. And so we don't let you just create content, we help you like, get it out there. And So a lot of what we do starts after publish. And we work with uh, big brands and media companies primarily. Right
0: very cool, very cool, and what's kind of, what's your role, what capacity to join the company at versus what, what's your role yeah. now?
1: Well, Romas has evolved a lot in the four years, so when we started, uh, we were actually aimed at a free product uh, that anyone could use, and that was more of our focus, and now we kind of evolved more into the enterprise, so when we started, I was leading social product and community. (laughs) So a lot has changed since then, and now I'm our VP of Product, and primarily focused around kind of building this enterprise SaaS platform.
0: So I've also had like product roles in the past, and it's always been a challenge explaining it to friends and family who aren't in tech.
1: What would you say
0: you do here? When you explain it to people who maybe aren't in tech, how how do you really dumb down and simplify it? The, the product role that you play.
1: Yeah, um, I I think really what I I actually think about it this way sometimes for myself is like the engineers are the stars of what we're doing and I try to help them get as much done as possible. <laughs> awesome. So that's kind of my goal is to organize everything so that they when they come in and they're going to work on something, they're clear on how it should look, what the goals are, what we're hoping to get done, what our deadlines are. Like they, they're happy with how the UX looks and it's as easy to create as possible. And if that's true, then, like, I've done my job.
0: And so this is, like, a really hard question, so I apologize. <laughs> but, like, uh, it's I think, you know, startups are all about product, and, and that's really kind of how you create value for your company and create yeah. value for customers. So who and and how is it decided what gets built and, and when, if, if there is anything approaching the this. that
1: is the question. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Um, I think, like, a good product person knows that they're like the organizer of everything that the company's trying to do. So like if you're saying like, oh, like I, I thought of everything and I decided everything and I then like it's not it can't possibly be true so you're you're lying <laughs> and so really what i see what i'm doing is i'm trying to take in organizing all the ideas we get tons of ideas from clients from potential clients from our own team internally like in the conversations with engineering obviously our ceo and his vision of the product so it's about bringing like all of that together into some semblance of like an organized product vision and like what phase 1 of that looks like so I guess I didn't totally answer your question.
0: (laughs) No, but that's really helpful and I think you're right, like that's kind of the magic of each unique startup of of how that gets done and and hopefully you get it right over time. Right. Um, Very cool. And so, RevMouse is, is a super distributed company as well, right? So you're managing engineers here, elsewhere, all over the all over the world.
1: We have 100 people total. Only 30 of them are here in New York, and we have people in in India, in Serbia, in Slovenia, in Argentina, like really, really all over and all distributed, not necessarily in other offices, and. I mean, there, I guess there's a lot I could say about it. It's been amazing. It's mm-hmm. so fun to work with them. When something happens across the world, I feel like I have this different reference point now. Because instead of being like, oh, something happened in Chile, I'm like, oh my God, like, how's Francisco? Like, right. <laughs> Francisco, are you okay? Is your family okay? <laughs> and like, uh, I feel like it actually makes me a better person to have yeah. that, that global sense. Right. Yeah, so
0: actually one thing that would be fun to talk about is a little bit of the journey from the original vision of, of a very social kind of consumer product into now like an enterprise product that, that, that's yeah. doing really well. So.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've been lucky in that the vision has like evolved rather than pivoted, which I think, you know, some startups really pivoted and they're like, okay, we're going in a totally different direction. We more started, we were like, okay, uh, websites aren't paying attention to social. And that was kind of our like underlying thesis when we started. And then we looked at, okay, so we're going to aggregate all the social content into your website where have, we have had all these tools, which we still have around like, bringing in social content and then freezing certain things. And and it was social all content
0: th- meaning like Twitter, Facebook, yes. Pinterest, whatever. Yes, whatever. exactly.
1: All the like little, little tweets, Facebook posts, a photo, whatever you post everywhere, we were like kind of bringing together into your website. Um, and it was really cool. We got a great reaction to that. Uh, but we realized we needed something more to actually help people go viral and get their message spread. And that's when we started moving to something more, uh, more like what we have today, which is more of a full fledged platform. And um, we discovered that brands and media companies sort of have more of like a, like a willingness to dive in deep with us in a way that we didn't see from like our original small business market. So that's kind of why we shifted, is like, to say it in a very simple way, it was hard to get 9.99 a month right. for like a product oriented towards small business. But when we said, okay, let's instead create a power product and we can sell it for, you know, 5 a month. Obviously it varies on a right, bunch of right. things. Um, that we started seeing more success with. Gotcha. So that's, that's
0: yeah, why we shifted. It makes it obvious that way. <laughs> So what are some like cool, like particularly cool ways that and if you don't, can't name clients, that's totally fine, but, like, kind of cool ways that, that that your clients are able to use Rebel Mouse to, to amplify their, their content, to get more out of social, whatever it might be. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, I guess... Uh, I'll give you an example. I, I work with this client a lot. The Dodo mm-hmm. was our first kind of like full use of our platform, and they're a media company oriented around animals. And they like they've been around now for about two years. And up until about two months ago, they didn't have a single engineer or designer. Oh, wow. Like so, they just hired their edit team, and then we were the tech. We are the tech platform behind the Dodo, gotcha. and now we have sort of a. a Program where they can develop themselves and they've hired one engineer. But the point being, like, we usually a media company has all these expenses around hiring engineers and building the platform it all sits on. But we were able to do that for them and have this sort of partnership of, I don't know, discovering so many cool things around growth, like these call to action units on the article page and like, when you scroll down in mobile, like how do the share buttons float as you go, and like wow. all these like little things that have added up to something big.
0: Very cool. And are you guys able to leverage those insights like across clients, or do you find it's much more like specific to a property or specific to a brand?
1: Um, well, I I'd say most things can be leveraged across clients uh, in the things you learn. Like the specific stuff is probably more like I don't know. The Dodo has a petition around animals that's very specific for them, but like the floating share buttons. That that's true for almost anything, Yeah,
0: makes a lot right? sense. Right?
1: And yeah. maybe there are little differences in terms of like, I don't know, the color of the buttons yeah, and yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> those sorts of things. But in general, if something works, all our clients want it. <laughs> Very cool. Very
0: right. cool. So maybe we can uh, relay a little bit into to your experience at Cloud yeah. right right before uh, rub mouse So how did you get started at Cloud? You were pretty young, I think, when you, when yeah. you joined up. And, and what yeah. was that experience like? And we can dive in a little bit after. Yeah,
1: so yeah. I was at, Mobclix, which was a mobile ad exchange, and I'd been there for about a year. When I went to South by Southwest for the first time, okay. um, and I went to the Twitter party.
0: So, what is the Twitter party at South by Southwest like? Because I I haven't even been, so I'm super curious.
1: Well, you know, it's like a lot of nerds partying. Nice. It's it's an interesting mix like fun. where you realize that people who used to be totally made fun of are feeling like in control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the party. I had like played with Clout. It's very very new. And I I met the founder and I kind of told him like all the things I thought they should be doing that they weren't. Like honestly I'd had like a couple beers. I was just like being super honest at the party. And then he was like, I really wanna hire you. Nice
0: (laughs) quick disclaimer, like the going up to founders with ideas works really well. If you have really good ideas, if they're really <laughs> cool, and if both of you have had a bunch of beers to start probably. <laughs> Otherwise it can go sideways. Just just wanna cover <laughs> good, our bases here. Note. yeah, yeah. Okay. But
1: yeah, I love the team. Uh, and I you know, there's some debate about what I should do. You know, there's always like this mental debate when you're like, oh should I actually leave? Should I right. take that leap? It was the, the first time I'd ever done that. Right. Like quit a job and, and move on to something else and I think it's harder in startups sure. than in anything else because yeah. it's like there's this idea of like, oh, it's not business, it's, I'm sorry, it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. But it's actually the opposite. <laughs> Absolutely. like They're your
0: best friends for whatever period right. of time. They're like, you can't even avoid it. It's exactly. Avoid you spend
1: it. all this time with people, you go out to happy hours, you're like working hard together, and then suddenly you're like, oh, it's not you, it's me. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right.
0: Um, yeah, okay, cool. So let's talk a little bit about community at Cloud because yeah. Cloud's a really interesting company, I think, especially from a community perspective. I remember I used to use it a ton because I just, I just believed it was the best way to gauge influence yeah. for whatever the different use case would be. So what was it like to run community at Cloud? What did that kind of mean? How do you think it, it, it's impacted the way you, you work now?
1: Yeah, um, again, it shifted. I was there for about two years. So in the beginning, we were like, really like just like, how do we get people to talk about us? How do we get people to trust this score? And we kind of really focused on targeting people with higher scores Mm -hmm. and saying like, okay, by our own measure, we think these are the influencers. So like we should eat our own dog food and like try to target these people and talk to them and get them to kind of be our evangelists. And it was a lot about like creating creating content, like creating blog posts that would be helpful to them. Actually what I partially told Joe Fernandez, the founder, when I went up to him is like, you have all this data, like, why aren't you like creating all these great posts around that data and like helping people like use your score and helping them like do their jobs better because the data you had. So that was kind of like what we tried to do and like a big part of the mission early on. Um, Then later we... We got really big, so it was a lot more about like how do you handle lots of people and how mm. do you handle support. And um, actually, at some point early on, I had my cell phone number on my email signature, okay. um, and we would do support messages just through email because right. that was like the stage we were at. And someone's cloud score dropped, and they called my cell phone, oh, wow. crying,
0: like oh literally
1: gosh. crying. And I, I was, I like, I was like trying to like. Empathize, but I was like, it was almost it was this weird thing, like, oh my god, I think we've like done it. Yeah, you've, like, you've hit
0: something and people are we, crying about it. We, we made here. someone
1: cry and I don't feel good about right, it. But right. But then like I guess people care about right, this thing right, we're right, doing. Right. right. Um, and uh, you know, it was interesting too. Like people would come up and be like, because it's it's a score, right? So people like want to be higher on the scale and they're insulted if they're lower. But people would come and say, like, I don't think I should be entirely defined by one number. And I was like, I agree. Like, please define yourself by more than this one score. Like, you are more than that.
0: That's wild. <laughs> that, I remember there is, It was a little bit of resentment whenever my cloud score would go down. Yeah. Like, what, am I what less is- interesting? Like, what has happened? <laughs> what did I what do? What do I need to do to improve this? Right.
1: And that's like, we tried then, like. One of the things we did to combat that is to focus on like your topics of influence. It's oh like, right, I remember that. To yeah, try okay. to get people to think about you had kind of this like it was like this personality type where like you were a curator, or you were a thought leader, yeah. you were whatever, and then it was like topics that you were influential about. So you we were trying to get people like the score was like on its face the most interesting thing, but we were trying to get people to look beyond that because the score was also the most controversial.
0: Fair enough. That's that is that's smart.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that like social media management could really be a whole career. Okay. Like, cause it was all, it was yeah, that yeah. point in the industry, and it was That's that true. point in my life too. Or it's like were they were a just They were just like they were just the first community yeah. managers, yeah. and I, it was like, is this real? And it it was kind of there was a sense in in uh, the industry at that time of like we didn't know if it affected your bottom line. Got it. Yep. And I, we did like a little sort of stats thing at Mobclix where we looked at how what I was doing in social and newsletters and blog content was affecting our revenue, yeah. and we actually proved it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, oh, it that's works! Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's rare actually to be able to sure. Do that yeah, still. I was gonna say that's pretty good attribution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So that was like for me like amazing. Like, oh, this is actually a real thing, a career that like affects companies. Right.
0: Very cool. Awesome. So so yeah, you've been kind of like a well, definitely a early foundational employee at a couple awesome companies. And so have you thought about what you want to do next? Is it starting your own company? Is it really owning the serial builder joiner mentality? What, what, what does it look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think about starting my own company for sure. Like, I don't think you can work in startups without thinking about it. Right. <laughs> um, but what I've learned from working so closely with founders is that it's really hard to be a founder and you have to be really passionate about your idea to right. succeed. I think you have to be so passionate that you can't not do your idea. You dream about it. You like think about it when you're supposed to be paying attention to other people and like that's your moment when you're ready to dive in. Um, and I think that I probably will have that moment at some point in my life, but I'm gonna wait for it to be real and not like jump into something just because I kinda wanna found something. <laughs> yeah, no, I think
0: that's like, a mistake a lot of people make, I think I may have made that mistake, (laughs) where it's like you conflate like really wanting to experience that founder narrative and and really live it for yourself, because you're kind of like running the, you're effectively running the same exercise over and over and over again, but then being sure that this is a problem you're willing to not sleep for an extended period of time, right? Right. Like I'll get obsessed with ideas that'll last three months, six months even, but then six years is a totally different different ballgame.
1: Exactly, and it'll change and you'll have to deal with issues and like, Ultimately, what I think, I don't know, from a third-party view looking at the founder role, I feel like the hardest thing is you have to make the final call. Sure. And it's nice sometimes, even though it's like I have to make a lot of calls, but sometimes it's nice to be like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Like, right. It's like it's so, somewhat like the founder has to decide. Like yeah. they can't not decide. Yeah. That's their job. And that's a lot of stress. Yep. Yeah.
0: And I've seen it, like especially early on, you got the ideas like the founder often the CEO, They get to carve out what they want to work on and what their job is. And a lot of times it's like they have to do all the stuff that other people can't or aren't interested in doing, right? Because it's not their specialty. It's not what they were hired for. All right. So then we have a couple questions that I'm going to try to be asking people routinely throughout it. Um, So what's been the most surprising thing about working at startups?
1: I think probably that thing we talked about before about how personal it is. I think there's this idea that like, oh, business is like, it's this thing you like, it's like a nine to five, but that's not how startups are at all. And it it reaches into every aspect of your life. And like, you know, it's like, of course, I had a fight with my boyfriend many times about how often I check my email and I've. Uh, not slept because I woke up at 3am and I'm like oh my god I didn't tell like the person in India about this thing and now their whole day is gonna go by and I didn't t- and I wake up and I like send them the email right. and it's like it affects like everything about your life and so I think there was this idea going into it, like, oh, I'm going to have such great work-life balance, but like that's pretty impossible.
0: Right. So then, uh, I guess, what might be one piece of advice or several pieces of advice it can be that you would give to folks thinking about getting into startups or, or starting to work at
1: one? Yeah. Um, I guess it, it would vary kind of on your familiarity with startups already. I think if you're diving into this world for the first time, I would talk to a bunch of people. And talk to people who you think you want to be at startups and ask them how they got started mm. and what they really do, because it's often not what you think they do. And really like, take a lot of time to understand. And then you're also building a network that you'll be able to use later. But first, don't use it. Just like build it and talk to people and start to be someone who understands what is happening in the space and at least like some semblance of who's important. Sure. Um, and, and then you can like figure out your next steps. I think if you're someone who's further along and maybe you've already done that, it's about choosing a startup that you are really passionate about mm-hmm. because it is those long hours and those long, like, you have to kind of be mentally there with it and that's so much easier if you're excited about the mission um, because if it's not fun you can't work that long. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I love the piece of advice of trying to identify the person you want to be. And and reach out to them. And I imagine you might be getting some emails now. Like, probably LinkedIn. (laughs) Sure, yeah. LinkedIn is the place where most of this, like, outreach happens (laughs) a lot of times, which means it goes unchecked for a long time. Right. But uh, cool. Okay. and then I guess the last piece, which I think you have a unique perspective on, is you kind of like, you know, went to school on the West Coast, grew up on the West Coast, worked at companies on the West Coast. Now you've been on the East Coast for the last several years. Is there, do you see any, like, kind of like clear differences or, or even like nuanced differences between the East Coast and West Coast startups?
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, I guess there's a few key things. One thing I found in in sort of, it's specifically for me, San Francisco versus New York, because those are two things I know. And in San Francisco, I felt like the culture was in general more engineering focused. Mm -hmm. Like the businesses that are built are more around like, oh my God, what a cool engineering challenge we have and like talking about that. Um, Whereas New York tends, I mean, obviously these are just generalizations, but it tends to be more about a specific industry, a specific goal, and there tends to be more of a plan around revenue earlier, right. I've seen in right. New York companies. And I think it is because there's so many industries here. There's so much of this sense, like, you, you, you have Wall Street, you have you know, you fashion, you have everything. Yeah, you, you, got, know, you got Wall companies. Street, companies. Madison <laughs> Avenue, Fifth <laughs> Avenue,
0: all these like... <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: and so they're more focused around, we're going to do this thing, and here's our plan for how we're going to make money. And I feel like San Francisco, there's this bubble where everyone works in tech. So we're like, we're just going to kind of, like, solve this thing that we have no idea how to make money about. sure. sure. I, like, so it's, it's kind of a different mentality. And I think both, you can succeed in both places. Right. Um, but you get different conversations when you're talking to other startups. Like, I feel like New York is way more, like, to the point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I went to a couple events and it was very like, hi, I do this and I'm right. looking for this out of this event. <laughs> right, like, people right, like right. scheduled, they're like, this is that's my time tremendous. to like find a co founder. Right,
0: right. And they that's just... a ton of meetup <laughs> traffic is like, I'm here to find a technical co founder. I'm also here to find a technical <laughs> co founder. Okay, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like...
1: And it was just so strange to me. Like, I remember, like, I walked into this meetup and someone, and this happened many times, or someone would be like, so what's your purpose in attending this event? And I'm like, uh, wow. to check it out, wow. like, <laughs> like and that had never been asked to me in San Francisco, wow. and I went yeah, to a ton yeah, of yeah. events.
0: Okay, so there's uh, been a lot of kind of advocacy, or it's turning into advocacy now, but it started with conversation about uh, women in tech and what it's like to, to be a woman in tech, and so mm-hmm. I'd love to hear kind of what your experience has been, having been in it for most of your career.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I guess in general, I think there's not enough women in tech, and like that's a problem. I think there are a lot of reasons that is. Um, starting from you know what happens in maybe even primary school, what happens in college, etc. There's a lot of things in the chain. Uh, for me, I've had mostly positive experiences, but not 100% True. either. Like I won't get into them because I don't know. I think it's a challenge for women in tech because you want to be an advocate, but you also don't you don't want to just focus on that aspect Mm -hmm, mm because I think there's a lot of awesome things about being a woman in tech and I want to encourage like every woman like watching to like do that and I think it's great and I think that there's no reason you should be held back in any way because of it but I think for the men in tech I think you should also think about the fact that like okay if we don't have many women like let's be, let's be conscious of that let's try to work towards being more inclusive there's a lot of the things I've encountered most are really subtle things Mm -hmm. where nothing was done intentionally. Like I intentional sexism isn't a thing I've experienced. I know others have. Um, And it tends, it's like, Oh, can you go get coffee? I'm like, why should I go get coffee? And it's like, maybe you would have asked So That's not intentional. (laughs) Um, No, because they're not, it's like, it's a casual thing. They're not thinking they're doing it because you're the woman in the room. And maybe they even aren't. Like, right. to be fair, like, they're probably going to ask someone to get coffee. Right, right. And maybe it could have just as easily been a guy, but maybe not. Yeah. You just, like, be careful, like, oh, let me not ask the only woman sure. in the room to get coffee, even if, like, it isn't because of that. Sure. Um, and so, like, those little subtle signals, I think, can make a big difference. Do
0: you, do you see, like, do you feel like you're seeing things improve um, within your network and access points, but also maybe more, more generally?
1: Yeah, I think that we've definitely opened up the conversation. I think that conversation is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think things are getting better.
0: Okay. Cool. cool. So this has been a blast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for hosting us at rebel Mouse. You've yeah. been great.
1: Thanks for having me. One more time. Sorry, guys. Of the, I feel the like the you're horn, just messing with me. He's like, come on, be more interested. Right, right, right. Like, what else <laughs> do I <That's> say? <laughs> Wait, should you say, like, this has been employees zone? Like, do you want to build your...
0: Should I say that?